Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Nonprofit U, a forum where nonprofit stakeholders can share lessons learned and discuss the latest developments in the industry. My name is Valerie Leonard, your host. I'm a consultant to nonprofits and I specialize in community and organizational development. I work with nonprofit organizations to help them make a stronger impact to their clients and communities. You can find Nonprofit U on Facebook and Twitter, and I encourage you to follow us and to comment early and often using today's hashtags, Nonprofit U and Housing Action Illinois. You can also leave comments on blogtalkradio.com forward slash nonprofit underscore U. The chat room is open, and you can post comments and questions. In order to use the chat room, you must open a listener-only account. You can find a link to open the account on the page for this episode, and you can also email me questions at consulting at ValerieFleonard.com. We'll be taking questions by phone and from our chat room at about the 30-minute mark or so. The call-in number is 347-884-8121. And remember, if you're going to chat or email or send anything through Facebook, you can actually start posting now. Today's topic is building development capacity through training and advocacy. We'll talk about Housing Action Illinois' training and consultant, consulting program and upcoming full-day grant writing workshop. Again, we encourage you to call in with questions at about the 30-minute mark. You can start posting in the chat room right now, and you can start emailing me right now if you'd like. Again, my email address is consulting at valleyfleonard.com. And if you want to participate in the live chat, remember you have to open an account, and the account link is found on the episode page right beneath the, the chat box. Again, the call-in number is 347-884-8121. Nonprofit and community development professionals as well as policymakers are especially encouraged to call in and share your stories and strategies. Today's guest is David Young. David is the Director of Training for Housing Action Illinois, and in this role he's responsible for providing capacity-building services to nonprofit developers and housing counseling organizations so that they can increase these agencies' abilities to best serve their clients and communities. David's previous experience includes serving as the executive director of a community development corporation. He has also served as a real estate developer, property manager, and housing counseling group education leader. David is a native of Buffalo, New York, and he's also an urban studies graduate of the University of Rochester and has completed training through the National Development Council, Neighbor Works America, and the Institute of Real Estate Management. He currently serves on the Illinois National Association of Housing and Redevelopment Officials, and he's on that board of directors. So good afternoon, David. It's a pleasure to have you as a guest today. And before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about Housing Action Illinois and how you came to work for them. Good afternoon, Valerie. It's a pleasure to be here, uh, and I'd be happy to tell you um, and the audience a little bit more about Housing Action Illinois. 
We are a 30-year-old mm-hmm. nonprofit organization, um, and we represent the interests of uh, housing counseling organizations, um, uh, anyone that is engaged in housing in Illinois and is looking to um, improve housing in Illinois, whether it's uh, uh, housing for homeless services, for supportive housing, for um, uh, low to moderate income housing, um, anyone who is really interested in um, uh, helping to um, uh, improve housing in Illinois is uh, a member of Housing Action Illinois. We have about 170 Mm -hmm. members currently. Um, and Housing Action Illinois serves its members in a variety of different ways. We provide uh, training and technical assistance. We provide um, uh, public education um, and organizing as well as advocacy. Um, and in that way, uh, we are able to help uh, our organizations, our members, uh, to do more uh, so that they can serve more people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and, think that's really um, interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm go sorry. Ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, you had asked uh, the other question. You had asked was about uh, how I came to work for Housing Action Illinois, mm-hmm. and um, okay. I had spent uh, a number of years uh, uh, working for community development corporations in an executive capacity, and uh, found that uh, I really wanted an opportunity where I could. Um, use everything that I've learned from all the successes and all the failures to help uh, other organizations to do their work better. And when this Mm -hmm. position as Director of Training and Technical Assistance uh, came available, um, I applied and was very excited to, uh, to get the offer because it really meant that, um, uh, especially working with um, other executive directors, uh, which sometimes can feel like a very uh, lonely job, um, you've got mm-hmm. a board of directors that you can that you report to, and but you know you've got your funders, and if anything is going wrong, you're not really sure who you can talk to. And in my role um, with, uh, especially with executive directors. Uh, if an executive director calls and says, hey, you know, I'm really having this issue and I'm not sure what to do, one of the best things that I feel that I can do is say, I understand, I've been in that situation, here's the story, and that mm-hmm. way a director doesn't feel uh, as uh, as isolated or as alone uh, as they right. uh, otherwise might, and then they're um, uh, ready to take a step forward to uh, come up with a positive solution. Yeah, and what I really appreciate, you seem to have a holistic approach. You know, too often, you know, I, I've seen agencies just focus in one area, either training and technical assistance or the organizing or the advocacy. But you guys are bringing all of that together because at different times, different points in time, you're going to need all of that. I, I don't think you know, any one of those strategies is, is going to be enough when you're trying to advance affordable housing issues. Uh, absolutely, Valerie. That's the way that we see it, um, that um, in order to build the capacity of an organization, um, there is more than just uh, the the training. There is the advocacy because we could, for example, uh, we could have the best trained organization out there, but if the financial mm-hmm. resources aren't available, how effective is that organization really going to be? 
So we do feel uh, that there is a holistic approach and that we have to work not only to make sure that these organizations and especially the staff are very well trained, but that the resources are available so that uh, these organizations can then go out and produce more housing units, uh, can, um, um, you know, counsel more clients, uh, help more uh, homeless families uh, find suitable housing. Uh, all of those pieces are important. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. And I would imagine part of the training that you do, and I'm not trying to get ahead of myself, but I would imagine that part of the training you do is to educate people as to what their role could be in terms of advocacy. I, I know that some agencies get a little shy. They think of advocacy sometimes is you know, trying to influence elections. You know, they get that part confused. So I'd imagine that part of the training that you do would be to help people to to understand, you know, the differences between advocacy and actual, you know, getting actually getting involved in elections and all that good stuff and how they can actually advance the sector through policy. Absolutely. Um, I know uh, throughout my career, uh, when I've had conversations with um, you know other organizational personnel about, for example, um, going and talking with uh, a state legislator, that there's been concern about, oh well, how will that impact my tax exempt status if I am going mm-hmm. out and talking to um, uh, to a government official? So absolutely. We work to make sure uh, that uh, organizations understand what they can do and what they cannot do um, in terms of their of their their work and their advocacy, and making sure that people really understand very clearly the difference between advocacy and lobbying. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. And I'm sorry, I, I just get really intrigued. I know it kind of took us down a rabbit hole, but you know, I, I think that the information that you shared was was really important and and timely, so I I, I thank you for for being patient with me. Certainly. Okay, so so David, how would you describe the lay of the land with respect to the training needs for nonprofit practitioners? So um, what we're finding is that um, there really needs to um, um, to be um, training uh, beyond um, beginner and intermediate um, 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 uh, workshops or place-based mm-hmm. trainings. That there has to be um, uh, continuing education to uh, allow people to continue to to um, uh, to build up their skills, um, and then that way they can do more things. And so. With Housing Action Illinois, um, especially on our housing counseling side, that's what we've really been working to do is to um, uh, provide um, more trainings uh, beyond just beginner or intermediate uh, so that we can help um, housing counselors, for example, become very sophisticated um, in the knowledge that they have because it just... um, 
um, uh, helps to um, produce better results when working with consumers. Um, consumers mm-hmm. um, are coming to uh, a housing counseling organization, for example, with a number of different issues, and the more information that a housing counselor knows, the better they can answer um, that uh, consumer's needs and you know, help mm-hmm. them uh, come to a, a positive outcome. So, so that's interesting. So when you look at the needs that they're having, are they more complex, meaning that some of the issues sometimes extend beyond just housing development and it might lend itself toward um, social services? You know, like, for example, you know, we need more support for veterans or we need more support for elderly or uh, more support for emancipated youth. Is is it that kind of a thing, or are people more concerned about transactional kinds of things and tax-related issues? I'm just curious. I think it's actually a little bit of of both, Valerie, and I'll tell you, one of the things that we have um, really been working on, um, there's been a lot of change um, in the industry on the housing counseling side recently because we had a number of people um, who lost their homes through um, the foreclosure crisis Um, Some of those Mm -hmm. folks are still coming back into the market, but you also have some folks that have decided, uh, I don't want to go through that experience again. I'm going to continue renting, but I still need help because I don't know um, there's an issue with my um, apartment, for example, and uh, I'm, I'm not sure what can I ask my landlord to take care of and what uh, can I not ask my landlord to do? So for mm-hmm. uh, housing counselors that were used to um, just you know 10 years ago from providing pre-purchase education and counseling, and that's what they did consistently, then saw themselves working with primarily a population uh, that was facing default and foreclosure and helping those folks to come up with uh, some type of resolution. And now mm-hmm. we have some people that are still facing default. We have people that are looking to buy. We have people that are, are, um, uh, that, uh, are looking to rent and need some assistance there. And then we also mm-hmm. have people that... Um, you know, would like to be able to uh, either buy a home or to rent an apartment, but first need to improve their credit and uh, and and better understand um, um, uh, finances. Uh, you know, do better mm-hmm. in terms of financial literacy in order to make that next step. So it means that uh, for housing counselors, they just have to know a lot more because consumers are looking for so many more answers. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't help that if you live in a state that's similar to Illinois, that public access to public, at least at the state level, resources and probably under the new administration, is probably it could probably be true at the um, national level. But you know, it it gets tougher. So you guys are going to have to be more resourceful as well as your your clients. It sounds like. Uh, absolutely, and I'll give you uh, an example of something that we are working on right now, uh, and this really came from having conversations with consumers. We've had a, 
a number of consumers who have come to see us um, and have been interested in purchasing a home um, or even you know renting an apartment or buying a car, uh, but because they have so much student loan debt, uh, it has limited oh, wow. their opportunity to save for a down payment or to save um, for a uh, uh, and 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 secure um, good financing on a vehicle, and so that has a real impact on what that person is able to do. Will they be able to? Um, you know, afford a nice apartment close to where they're working? Will they be able to get married? Will they be able to have a family? Um, and so we have actually designed a new uh, um, curriculum that we're using to train housing counselors so that they can speak to students and their parents before the student starts Ooh. to sign uh, student loan um, uh, packages so that um, you understand uh, what um, the ramifications of uh, the student loan debt are going to be when you finish college. We're not discouraging people from taking out loans because most people need to take out student loans in order to, to go to school. But uh, as you talked about a few moments ago, you know, we don't educate uh, students um, um, in high school about what this student loan debt is going to mean. We don't talk to parents mm -hmm. about it so that parents can talk to their students. So our goal with this is to be able to train housing counselors and then housing counselors can work with local school boards and do presentations for parents and students to say, here's what you need to know before you sign that student loan. This is the impact that it's going to have. I know that and this is certainly ancient times when I was getting ready to go to college, <laughs> but I did not uh, have, um, I didn't put any thought into what that student loan debt was going to mean when I finished college, um, you know, how long it was going to take to pay off, how it was going to impact other things. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was uh, 16, 17 years old and first thinking about, okay, I'm going to take out student loans, I could barely think beyond uh, what the end of my freshman year was going to be, let alone that I'd be paying student loan debt back for the next 12 years. So if we can right. help um, students and parents to understand that, then they can take a more critical eye at whatever loan packages they're looking at and also just understand this is what it's going to mean for me post-college. And so maybe if I thought I wanted to be able to buy a house immediately after graduating from school, I'm probably not going to be able to do that, but I might be able to work with a housing counseling organization post-college that can mm -hmm. help me get there faster. Oh, I love it. I love it. I never, ever thought of the relationship between housing and college, you know, preparing for college. So you, you guys are a step ahead of the game. I, I think that's excellent. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, we uh, tend to look at, um, at uh, housing counseling just thinking about, oh, well, I'm ready to buy a house now, so I will go and see a housing counselor. But... Um, right. Housing counselors really um, are available to help with so much more, um, and um, because of the, the student loans, we might 
have an opportunity to talk to households that never thought that they would need the services of a housing uh, counselor, but, but really benefit from uh, having that information. I'm going to start calling them life counselors. <laughs> yeah, right, or, or maybe a... <laughs> uh, 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 there and it's uh, you know it's um, uh, I'm glad that you brought that up because there is a um, 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 there's some discussions going on nationally about um, uh, looking to change the name of um, of housing counseling um, to something else to maybe housing advisor or housing coach uh, because. Um, uh, sometimes I think the term counselor might uh, turn some people off because they think of uh, you go to counseling when something's gone wrong, right? Um, right. And so if nothing's really gone wrong, what are you? Uh, what do you need to go see a counselor for? So if we uh, were saying you should go see a housing advisor or a housing coach then um, uh, some people who otherwise are turned off by the, uh, the term counselor uh, might be uh, more open to going and, and, and working with, with uh, those folks and those, and those organizations. So, um, you know, uh, we'll keep you posted on, uh, on that national discussion that uh, involves a lot of different organizations and also the federal government, so you know it moves a little bit slower than we'd like. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And Housing Action Illinois, you also help housing counselors and their agencies to build their skills and capacity so that they can provide the best housing and housing-related services to renters and homeowners, and we kind of talked about that. So sure. what are some of the specific trainings that you offer? So another, um, um, you know, I talked about the student loan, and then we've also, um, last year we introduced a new um, uh, rental training, and that is to uh, train housing counselors to uh, work with, um, uh, with people in the, um, in the rental community. So someone that is uh, currently renting an apartment or someone that is looking to rent an apartment, um, uh, someone that might be having issues with a lease or something like that. Um, um, we have put this training together to uh, help counselors to be able to work with that market. Um, we did mm -hmm. one of the classes last year and it went very, very well and we have more of those scheduled for this year. Um, and then we also do some work on um, the technical side. Um, uh, housing counselors that work with the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development are required to have a client management system uh, to help them uh, keep track of the households that they're serving, and then they use that client management system to transmit that data to HUD's housing counseling system. Um, the majority of housing counselors in the United States use a program called uh, Home Counselor Online, or HCO, and we uh, worked with a number of, of counselors um, that were using it but not able to use it efficiently, and so we actually developed a, um, a course 
that we actually offer in a computer lab and the uh, attendees bring their username and their password. We go through all of the tools and tips and tricks for HCO and then uh, walk them through in their individual um, uh, account if they're having any issues, uh, if they're, um, you know, sometimes there are um, some codes that uh, will not let you move forward unless you fix uh, certain error codes. And so we have uh, helped people to be able to do that. And uh, just from the, the courses that we have offered in Illinois over the past couple of years, we've seen a real improvement uh, in um, usability uh, for that client mm -hmm. management system. And oh, it also means that there are um, we're having less uh, reporting mistakes, so we're not mm -hmm. under-reporting the number of households that we're seeing, which is really important uh, because HUD is required to report to Congress every year the um, uh, the number of households that are served, and so, you know, any time that there is under-reporting taking place in a client management system, it has an impact on what type of funding um, HUD can receive for the housing counseling program. So we've seen an improvement mm -hmm. in that. Uh, we've also started oh, working to, um, to offer that class nationally. Uh, we offered mm -hmm. it once uh, last year in, um, uh, in Phoenix, and we have another one scheduled for later this year in Denver. And um, um, everyone that has taken the class thus far has been, um, you know, really thrilled with it um, and uh, uh, has seen their, um, uh, their efficiencies improve in using the product. So we're very excited about that. Oh, that's awesome. So in that regard, when you're taking your show on the road, are you, you know, housing action, are you acting in the role of a consultant or you're basically an affiliate? So... It, it's really not a consulting fee to the institutions that you're teaching. So we actually do it both ways. Um, we mm -hmm. have worked with, um, there's a, uh, another, um, there's a national organization, uh, a, a, a national, uh, an organization that has a, um, um, a contract with HUD to provide trainings, uh, the Rural Community mm -hmm. Assistance Corporation, or RCAC. Oh, yeah. And we've actually contracted with them to offer a couple of classes. So, for example, the class that we did, uh, the HCO class that we did in Phoenix last year was with them, and the one that we're doing in Denver uh, later this year is also with them. But we've also mm -hmm. been reached out to other organizations. Um, we are a member of a group called NACEDA, which is the National Alliance of Community and Economic Development Associations. And so it represents groups like uh, Housing Action Illinois uh, across the country. There's a, a similar organization in Indiana called Prosperity Indiana, for example, and there's CDAM in Michigan. Uh, and so through um, our um, affiliation with NACEDA, we've also reached out to our um, partner organizations in other states about bringing uh, this training directly to them. And so we're hoping to be able to offer HCO uh, in Florida and in, Ohio, in uh, Ohio later this year. Okay, great. So as a HUD intermediary, that is, mm -hmm. you know, you're getting a contract from HUD to provide technical assistance, and in some cases I would imagine um, some financial 
pass through. Um, so you receive funding from HUD, and then you subcontract, right, with a statewide network of regional affiliates, and then they provide administrative support or you provide administrative support. I'm not um, quite sure so how that works. Sure. We mm-hmm. um, um, we have we are an intermediary. We are um, a mm-hmm. um, a regional intermediary. So we actually serve currently three midwestern states: Illinois, Indiana, mm-hmm. and Missouri. Uh, and I we have you. 26 sub grantees uh, in those in that service area. Um, and mm-hmm. so we actually apply to HUD on behalf of those sub grantees. Uh, and then um, uh, get an award, uh, and we do sub um, subcontract or subgrant um, the majority of those dollars to those 26 organizations, and we provide administrative support as well as uh, training and capacity building to those organizations. So. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, for example, um, just filling out the NOFA, the the response to um, um, the uh, for HUD, uh, can take a couple of weeks. And by having Housing Action Illinois um, respond to that NOFA on behalf of these 26 organizations, you know, we're saving nearly half a year's worth of staff time uh, across these yeah. organizations because we're doing the application on their behalf. We do the quarterly requisitions on their behalf. So they are they're still providing some information to us, but we are the ones that are doing the majority of the work for the requisitions. We do mm-hmm. uh, trainings. We also um, work with the organizations to help them prepare for their um, performance reviews with HUD, which take place every three years. Uh, So we Mm -hmm. work very closely with our organizations to make sure that they are meeting all of HUD's guidelines, um, that their staff is properly trained. Um, If they are looking to introduce new programs and services uh, in their communities, we help them to do that. Uh, We Mm -hmm. are um, also looking at, um, um, you know, marketing and communications is just so very important these days to be able to connect uh, with uh, people that need your services. And so we're spending more and more time with our organizations, helping them uh, to to craft their message uh, and to get that Mm -hmm. out there so that uh, um, uh, people know that they're there and will use their services. No, that that is excellent. So, is this a closed group of selected organizations? And then, I guess when I say selected, are they your members? Are they people who apply? You know, how how do you get to be a part of this group? So, for the intermediary um, um, organizations that would be interested in um, joining an intermediary, would just have to reach out to Housing Action Illinois. Um, we look to organizations that are HUD approved. So uh, mm-hmm. we prefer for organizations that have already gotten their housing counseling approval from HUD and then uh, can join us. Um, mm-hmm. And um, 
the and then we will do uh, if an organization reaches out to us. So for example, there was an organization in Detroit that recently reached out to us, and and what we would do is uh, uh, you know we'd schedule a conversation, we would do a site visit, we would make sure that our interests and their interests align because we want to. Um, um, make sure that uh, any organization that we're working with, that we can help them to build their capacity, we can help them to be stronger. Um, okay. and, and then if that organization uh, you know, really uh, works well and, and we work well for them, then we would invite them to join the intermediary. Um, we've grown, um, we started in 2015 with uh, 12 groups. Uh, and have mm -hmm. grown uh, to 26 over the past couple of years, so that's been pretty exciting. We uh, mm. are are we we do expect to grow a little bit over the next couple of years. We 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 it's you know Valerie it's um, it's we want to grow so that we can serve more organizations, but we also want to stay mm -hmm. small so that we can continue to provide the highest quality service to the organizations mm -hmm. that we work with. Uh, this is really, really interesting stuff. So what have been some of the outcomes that you've seen as a result of the work that you're doing? Um, so we have um, seen um, um, more organizations um, uh, taking on additional services. So, for example, we've had organizations that uh, have moved beyond um, pre-purchase education and counseling and have started to add um, financial literacy components to their programs that are adding rental to their programs. And so they are able to serve um, more people uh, because um, they can provide a number of different services. So, for example, with financial literacy, if someone is um, not thinking about, maybe they're not even thinking about buying a house for three or four years, but they want to improve their credit, they want to have a better understanding of how the financial uh, system works and what they can do, um, then those folks uh, are welcome to come out and talk to a housing counseling organization and receive those services. And then maybe three or four years down the road after they've saved some money, after they've seen their credit score go up, or even uh, after they've established credit, because we have some folks that, uh, you know, have not operated in the traditional banking system. And so uh, okay. after helping those folks to be able to do that, then maybe they uh, are ready to, uh, to purchase a home. So the fact okay. that uh, our organizations are able to provide that much uh, service um, is really, um, um, we're really excited about. And then, you know, another thing um, and where the intermediary, I think, becomes uh, so important is um, by providing the administrative support, you know, answering the notice of funding availability, doing the requisitions, um, providing the capacity building, it means that organizations have more time to devote to direct services. And the more time mm -hmm. they have to devote to direct services, the more households they can serve. Okay, great. All righty. So I want to remind our listening audience that you're listening to Nonprofit U, and we're speaking with David Young, Director of Training with the Housing Action Illinois. 
We will take questions for our listening audience now. If you have them, the call-in number is 347-884-8121. Again, that number is 347-884-8121. You can also participate in live chat. And in order to participate in the live chat, you must open a listener-only account. If you don't have the account, there is a link right underneath the chat box that you can click on to. I promise you it's a painless, very quick process, and you can open the account right now and then post some of the questions. So, David, um, can you share with us an overview of some of the resources and tutorials that you guys offer? Sure. Um, we have... Um uh, really, with um, on the housing counseling side, um, we do a lot of assessment work with an organization to see where they are and what type of um, of assistance that they need. We have three uh, capacity building specialists on staff: uh, Wanda Collins, uh, Bibian Cristino, and um, Jennifer Pallas. Uh, who all have um, many years of experience working uh, in the housing counseling field. So they actually can go out and work with an organization and create a, a work plan um, uh, that is tailored to meet the need of that individual organization. So we really mm -hmm. try and um, while we have, you know, uh, trainings on foreclosure and rental, when it comes to an individual organization, we don't uh, subscribe to a one-size-fits-all approach. We really want to create a, um, a, um, um, an individualized approach that can help that organization really achieve what it wants to. Mm -hmm. Okay, so how do agencies qualify to take advantage of your resources? You know, I know you have some resources on your website that you know, anybody can take advantage of, regardless of whether they're members or not, but you know, for the ones who you know you kind of take under your wing and give them this more specialized training, is there a screening process that they have to go through so that they can be qualified to to get the assistance? Well, if an organization contacts us and is um, looking for assistance, uh, we will have an initial conversation with them to see what it is that they're looking to do. Um, so, for example, if we have an organization that reaches out to us on the housing counseling side and says we are, uh, you know, would like to expand our program, we're going to want to know a little bit more about how long has the organization been in operation, um, um, what funding sources does it have, um, what trainings has uh, its staff already uh, participated in, and then from there mm -hmm. we can help them to um, uh, to develop a program uh, where we will give them, you know, we'll issue a work plan, we'll give them certain uh, milestones that we want them to reach, and if they reach that mm -hmm. milestone, then we move on to the uh, to the to the next task. Um, but um, the first step is uh, if an organization um, in Illinois is, uh, you know, interested in that type of assistance, they just have to reach out to us. Okay, great. Now, do they necessarily have to be members? I know you would prefer them to be, but is that a requirement? That is not a requirement. Um, um, we do certainly prefer for organizations to be members because, um, you know, the resources from membership um, 
Um, I, you know, I certainly uh, believe that uh, our members um, get back their membership fee multifold in the services that they get from Housing Action Illinois, but we don't um, require an organization to be a member uh, to receive um, our services. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, you know, and I'm not speaking for you or anyone else, but for me personally, I, I think you get better results when you have skin in the game. Um, I, I think when people try to build businesses or build organizations without putting any money, any of their own money into it or any other investment in time, you know, they, they get exactly what they put into it. They they tend to not take it as seriously. And, and I know you guys are being very generous and not requiring, but, you know, for me personally, and I would encourage anyone who is not a member of HAI and you're looking to really get into the development game seriously, that you would consider becoming a member and supporting the work that they do, especially in this environment. We just had a change in the tax law that's going to um, presumably make it less attractive to make donations. And then we have this budget impasse you know, going on in Springfield. And, you know, there are just fewer resources. So I'm just encouraging people as much as you can to support this organization. And even if you're not a housing organization and you just want to give, just give. And no, David didn't ask me to say that. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I, 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 uh, sorry, I appreciate I the endorsement, Valerie. Thank you. Yes, yes, we uh, we we definitely appreciate that, and and you're right. Um, I know we've spent a lot of time talking about um, the housing counseling side, but but you're absolutely right on the developer side. Um, you know, it's a, a a whole new ball game right now uh, with the tax law changes. Uh, I remember uh, last year, um, Housing Action Illinois has a conference every year, the Housing Matters Conference, um, which takes place every October. And you know, last year I was talking to a couple of uh, tax credit syndicators and saying, well, what do you think mm-hmm. is going to happen? And 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 many of them were, we just have no idea. Um, the uh, the pricing um, for tax credits had uh, gone down, which meant that uh, you know developers oh. that were looking to build buildings would uh, have to build a uh, a smaller program with less units um, and serve fewer people because the resources just weren't available. And at the same time that this is happening. Uh, we are seeing more and more people who are spending um, more than 30% of their uh, their income in order to uh, an aff- to afford an apartment, um, and you know those affordable apartments are are um, um, uh, there are less and less of them available. So you know what uh, are we going to do as the prosperous nation that we are? Uh, to be able to to answer that question and provide units uh, for people. And as you know, Valerie, um, the folks that we're talking about are spending 30% of their income. That means that they're working, and they're working hard. Mm -hmm. Um, So, um, you know, as the prosperous nation that we are, it is in our best interest uh, to make sure that uh, those folks, after working hard all day, have a safe, affordable place to call home and raise their families. 
So on that note, can you share a couple success stories? I know you have many, you know, that you've had working with nonprofit affiliates in, in your role as housing counselor, agency intermediary, or even as someone who works with um, developers. You know, what are some of the success stories? Sure. So um, one thing uh, that we did um, a couple of years ago, um, and this was through um, – uh, the um, Illinois Attorney General um, provided funding to a number of organizations, both developers and housing counselors, uh, through the National Foreclosure Settlement. And Housing Action Illinois was um, brought in um, as an expert uh, to provide uh, capacity and technical assistance to uh, other uh, National Foreclosure Settlement grantees. Um, so uh, one of the organizations, the Chinese American Service League, or CASEL, uh, looked to develop a, um, a down payment assistance and a, a rental assistance program that they could use in their service area. Uh, and what was very mm-hmm. unique about this was, um, you know, not just providing down payment assistance for someone to purchase a, a home or a condominium, but also um, having um, understanding that sometimes it's difficult for a household to come up with what they need in order to rent an apartment. So making sure that dollars were available um, uh, for those households as well. So we were able to work with Castle to help them um, to design the policies and procedures and the underwriting for how this program was going to work. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, that uh, program was then launched a couple of years ago, um, and the Attorney General uh, herself actually came out for the launch of that program. And Castle was able to provide resources to help some families um, um, purchase a home as well as help uh, some families um, to uh, to be able to rent an apartment. So it was very um, you know exciting and rewarding for the Housing Action Illinois staff to be involved in that process uh, to help uh, Castle to be able to uh, put those pieces in place. We were then uh, able to um, take uh, those best practices that we learned from that activity and share that with uh, other housing counseling organizations across the state so that if they wanted to do something like that, they wouldn't have to reinvent the wheel but would already have um, steps in place that they could just um, build off of. So we were you mm-hmm. know, very, very excited um, uh, to be able to, uh, to do that. Um, and then, um, you know, on the developer side, um, we did um, a lot of work for a number of years. We were a, a TA provider for um, the Department of Housing and Urban Development's um, uh, CHODO program with the uh, with mm-hmm. with home funds, and so we had an opportunity, um, uh, especially during the. Um, uh, the financial crisis, there were a number of organizations in Illinois that had developed um, some real estate, um, uh, mainly houses that they were looking to sell to uh, income qualified buyers. Um, and they were having difficulty moving those houses because people were having trouble securing financing. So we were able to work with a number of different organizations across the state to help them. Um, 
uh, come up with resolution uh, so that they would be able to sell those houses to homeowners um, mm -hmm. and uh, and get those houses off of their off of their books. So what was exciting for us was that you know we could come in and provide a solution for those uh, housing counseling organizations or excuse me those developers that we were working with. But mm -hmm. more importantly, mm -hmm. is that during that uh, that financial crisis, um, we were still able to help. Uh, some of those families to be uh, able to purchase a home, uh, you know, and provide that safe space for their families. So that was, um, you know, very excited to be involved with. Uh, and, you know, now that you mention it, there was one more that I thought of. Um, there's a uh, an organization that um, um, the um, South Suburban Community Development Corporation had reached out to us and and they were interested in buying a property in the south suburbs that they could rehab and and then rent uh, to income qualified households. And so we mm -hmm. actually sat down with them, um, you know, looked at what they wanted to do, talked about the different types of buildings, and actually helped them put together. Uh, their pro forma, their development and their operating budgets so that when they uh, went uh, seeking financing, you know, they had um, the um, operating pro forma that would show how much this building uh, was going to, you know, what the, the expenses were going to be and what the income was going to be uh, and show mm -hmm. that um, this was a, uh, a, reasonable, a reasonable investment for a bank to make. And they were able to get the financing and, uh, and to, you know, work on doing that building. So to be involved at that, in that process and to be able to look over the numbers and to uh, make sure um, that the uh, numbers look good before South Suburban CDC went uh, to a bank and then for them to actually get that financing was was quite rewarding for us. Oh, excellent, excellent. So I, you know, and I don't mean this to sound patronizing to you or anybody else who has received your services, but I, I can imagine at some point you feel like a parent and these are all your children all over the state and you can just see their growth and development over, over the years. That must be a good feeling. It is a, it is definitely a good feeling. Um, you know, we've had uh, some organizations that um, um, you know that weren't um, uh, even doing housing counseling four years ago that we helped uh, to start a program and then get HUD approved, and to see them as they have been able to significantly expand uh, the number of households that they're helping in their community. Um, has definitely been uh, rewarding for us, and we hope that we mm -hmm. can continue to do that. And, you know, on the development side, um, we would certainly like to be able to do um, uh, more of that uh, going forward. I think that uh, there is a, uh, a need uh, to help um, the development community um, with the work uh, that they want to do, and we look forward to doing that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's go back to Choto. I know you mentioned about five minutes ago um, the work, you know, one of your success stories being um, surrounded or associated with the Choto. Can you first of all um, define what a Choto is and can you talk about some of the work that you've done actually helping people to become certified as Chotos and what that has enabled them to do? Sure. 
So the, um, the CHODO is um, a term um, that is affiliated with the uh, HOME program, um, which is uh, uh, some um, um, dollars available through the federal government for, um, for housing production. Uh, and a CHODO mm -hmm. stands for a Community Housing Development Organization. Um, and in order to be a CHODO, uh, you had to meet a certain test in terms of, uh, you know, the um, what area you were serving, uh, how your organization was set up, was it uh, a nonprofit organization, and how your board was structured, because it was uh, mm -hmm. very important to the home program that um, uh, there be um, local representation at the board level from people that actually lived in the, the service area. So there was a test. Uh, that uh, an organization had to pass, um, um, you know, making sure that its uh, its board met that test, and and there were other components in order to be a chodo. Mm -hmm. um, the benefit of being a chodo was that um, um, each um, municipality that received an allocation of home funds had a chodo set aside. So only organizations that had that CHODO designation uh, could compete for those funds. So it meant mm -hmm. that uh, if you were you know, looking to acquire and rehabilitate a house, um, then if you could compete in that CHODO set-aside, you might be competing against less organizations and have more of a chance of getting the funding that you need in order to, uh, to do that work. So for a number of years, Housing Action Illinois was retained by the Chicago field office of HUD to provide mm -hmm. uh, technical assistance to CHOTOs as well as to um, municipal organizations, or as they were known in, in home parlance, as the, uh, the participating jurisdiction. And so we mm -hmm. would work with organizations if there was, for example, an organization that uh, wanted to become a CHODO, then we helped uh, them to um, restructure their board or to set a specific service area uh, in order to meet that test. Uh, we also uh, continued to provide um, services to organizations after they became a CHODO. If there was an organization that uh, uh, was looking to acquire a house um, and rehab it, then we might help them uh, to, um, uh, to determine their, um, you know, what price they were going to pay to acquire the house and what their, uh, what their costs were going to be to rehab it. Um, we also uh, did uh, a number of developer trainings uh, where we actually mm -hmm. helped people to understand the, the fundamentals of development so that, um, you know, when they were going out there to do this type of work, they understood what they were doing. You know, as you know, Valerie, um, there are um, folks that have very good intentions uh, on one do something, but uh, sometimes um, those good intentions, um, um, if uh, they don't have the right training or you don't have the right person standing with you saying, no, don't do that, do this, uh, there can be issues. Right. And so that is um, the role that Housing Action Illinois often played 
uh, is uh, you know providing that guidance and then also being a sounding board for those organizations. So if someone called and said, well, you know, we just talked to the contractor and the contractor wants to um, uh, charge this much for doing the house, what do you think? Then we'd be able to use <laughs> the experience that we had from doing a lot of this work to say, well, you might want to talk to the contractor and ask this question, this question, and this question, and maybe you can get that mm -hmm. number down a little bit. Or even uh, talking with your um, municipality, your participating jurisdiction, and saying, well, these are some of the questions that you should probably be asking them in terms of uh, uh, what the agreement's going to say, what's going to happen, um, when are you going to get the money, uh, what kinds of uh, milestones that you have to make in order to get the, 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 um, the next um, uh, amount of dollars, um, you know, how long do you have to sell the property, all of those different things um, we were engaged in and helping organizations to do. Um, unfortunately, mm -hmm. um, there have been, you know, some changes in the home program um, that um, uh, from a couple of years ago, um, and we've seen um, the number of uh, chodos fall significantly in Illinois um, because oh, no. um, it we, it became very difficult for organizations, um, especially at the local level, to retain um, uh, permanent staff. Um, that had experience in development. Um, you know, they had. If, if you were a small organization, it was very difficult for you to have the type of development pipeline where you had enough um, houses or buildings under construction and developer fees being earned that you could continue to support a staff member. So a lot of the organizations mm -hmm. that we worked with previously that were really you know, had a volunteer board, they might hire a development consultant when they had a project in hand, um, and then mm -hmm. um, once they started the next one, they would bring in another consultant. Uh, once those organizations had to move to having permanent staff, they couldn't afford to do that, and so a lot of those chodos that we had in Illinois um, have, uh, have uh, since folded, unfortunately. Oh, wow. That, that's really sad, and, and I see the, na the need is growing for, you know, such agencies. Uh, absolutely. And, um, you know, uh, as, as, as you know very well, um, um, we want to have organizations that uh, are connected to the communities that they serve and understand what is important uh, to the community. Um, so those chodos um, um, played a very important role, and we could really benefit from having um, uh, some of those organizations uh, in existence again. Mm -hmm. Okay, David, we have three minutes of our allotted time left. I have a couple more questions to go, and I'm just wondering if, if I can keep you on for another five to Ten minutes max, you know, just to make sure we get through everything. Or do you have to have a hard stop at three o'clock? No, I I can stay on. I'm happy to. Okay, great. You have so much information, and, and I really do appreciate your literally cutting our heads open and pouring the knowledge in. I hope that doesn't sound so graphically gross, but you know, I, I feel <laughs> like that's <laughs> that's what you're doing, and you know, a, a lot of people, you know, along the way will not 
you know, tell you everything that you just told us. So, so I really do appreciate the detail within which you're sharing the information and, and letting us know the details about, you know, the lay of the land. So thank you for that. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. And I, I know you wanted to uh, get callers to call in and, and tell you, you know, some of their ideas. Unfortunately, I don't see anyone in the chat room, and we don't have any live callers. People tend to, you know, they, they tend to listen to the recordings, and even if they listen live, they don't always call in. So I have a feeling that there are people who are listening to us live who, for whatever reason, did not call in. Uh, did not chat, but you wanted to get some ideas. So if we were too shy about calling or chatting, where might we send ideas to you for training? Sure. Um, We are very interested in um, getting ideas for training, especially on the development side. Um, We would like to be able to offer uh, more trainings to um, uh, help organizations that want to um, expand uh, their role in development. And if you have ideas, if if there are trainings that uh, uh, you would like for Housing Action Illinois to offer, you can get in touch uh, directly with me. Uh, my email address is david, D-A-V-I-D, at housingactionil.org. Again, that's david at housingactionil.org. Okay, great. And, you know, as we were talking, you know, for the past hour, you know, I was listening to you trying to think of where I might imagine some of the gaps to be. Now, I have not looked at all of the offerings that you have. I, I know it's pretty extensive based on what I've seen on on the website, you know, the different trainings and advocacy that you do do. But I'm wondering if from time to time and if it makes sense for some of the Chodos that you're working with to to marry some of their products with, say, an IDA program, individual development accounts for very low-income individuals where they can begin to save money that gets matched so they could either purchase a house and or go to college, you know, get a, you know, start a business, all of which can really help the case for, for building a house. Do you guys ever ever layered that program on top of some of the other housing programs, you know, some of the affiliates you work with? Um, We actually do think that that program is very important, and um, there was a um, uh, a, uh, federal program, uh, a federal version of that um, called the Assets for Independence Program that we had Mm -hmm. um, been looking to, uh, we had planned on applying so that we could start um, a program. We have, um, you know, very few organizations in Illinois uh, that were actually participating in the Assets for Independence program, and we really wanted to uh, to see more participation, and we're going to look to do that because we thought that, uh, you know, just as you're describing, that for uh, housing counseling organizations and development organizations having this pool of resources available and these consumers that are saving, you know, they can benefit from the counseling and then also take advantage of uh, houses or apartments that are being developed by uh, by our developers. Um, and so it would be a win-win for everyone. 
Unfortunately, mm -hmm. the assets for independence program um, was uh, zeroed out in terms of funding for fiscal year 2017. Oh, no. And so I don't know what this is going to mean uh, going forward, um, um, but it is something that we are um, paying very close attention to. If that program mm -hmm. comes back, we would love to be able to offer it. Um, it's a good way for us to work with the financial services community to, um, uh, in order to um, uh, generate match money for um, the consumers that are participating in the program. Um, it's a great way, especially uh, I know that there have been you know, a number of people based on some of the, uh, the AFI data that I've seen that um, uh, you know, were not uh, participating in the traditional banking system. So to help them to set up an account and be able to participate in the traditional banking system that way and then benefit from other services uh, is something that we consider very important. So we hope that uh, uh, there will be a way for us to do that uh, in the very near future. Mm -hmm. Okay, now putting on your advocacy hat, what can we, what can our listening audience do to help um, voice concern about the program? I guess, one, they would have to know a little bit more about the program if they're going to make an educated phone call. Um, so sure. if they want to find out more information about the ACF program, there still should be some information on their website. Is that correct, you think? that describes yeah. the program, at least from a historic perspective? Yes, and I don't, I'm don't. i not sure if there is a lot on our website currently, but we could certainly put some more. Um, and then there are um, uh, a few other organizations that we could put some links to uh, that talk okay. about, um, about IDAs and the Assets for Independence Program and, and why it's important. Um, mm -hmm. Um, you know, it is, um, I think what we would want the community to understand is um, that um, this is a program um, where the, the household um, is really doing the work. Um, they are putting mm -hmm. money away. They are attending trainings. They are learning, and that match um, comes to them from uh, from doing this type of work. So, uh, as we, you know, we find people saying a lot, "This is not a handout; it's a hand up," um, and um, and I think that's uh, something that we would want to make clear uh, to our congressional representatives that this is a way of helping people help themselves, and why wouldn't we want to do that? Right, right, right. Thank you. That's that's very well put. So we will check on your website from time to time to see, you know, if there's information. And I know this is not the very first priority. You know, it's, it feeds into what you do, but it's not necessarily the first priority of what you do. So we should check on your website from time to time to see if there are any updates on on that front. Is that how that goes? Yes, please. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, yes, definitely. All right. We'll do that. And speaking of websites, um, you guys have just uploaded an announcement um, in an area that's near and dear to my heart. You guys are going to be doing two full-day grant writing workshops. And full disclosure, you know, I and one of my colleagues, Noah Timmerner Jenkins, are going to be co-facilitating this workshop, but you know, I'm curious as to to 
um, what made HHI um, decide to do these workshops? You know, typically in the past I've seen you do workshops that were more um, transaction-related, uh, more related to housing and counseling, but this time you're focusing on grant writing for you know, your members and some, some of your staff. So can you share with us what drove that decision? Sure. Um, it really, um, uh, for us, there were two things that we were thinking about is um, internally, um, uh, we are going to have a number of our staff attend, and it's because uh, so much of the work that we do uh, involves grant writing. So even for myself, for example, who works on training and capacity building, I still write a lot of grants for the work that I do. So uh, any type of training that I can receive or my team can receive um, not only benefits us, but it benefits the organizations that we work with because we hopefully will have more resources that we can use for uh, more training and capacity building. And then mm -hmm. uh, for, the, 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 for our members and, and, and others, um, it is extremely important, um, especially with there being so little resources uh, out there, that these organizations know uh, how to write a successful grant, that they understand mm -hmm. how to make that pitch. Um, and uh, so providing that uh, training to um, the um, nonprofit community is uh, extremely important in building up their capacity, and, and that's why we wanted to offer it. So, you know, we're very excited um, to be able to work with you, Valerie, to do this uh, here in uh, Chicago and then also offer this class in Springfield so that organizations in central and southern Illinois will be able to uh, get the same um, fantastic training as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, I want to let people know, too, that our approach is going to be, you know, very comprehensive. You know, we're going to take people through the entire grant cycle, you know, within the, the full day, the eight-hour day. So not only will you get exposure to lectures, you know, tell you how to do it, but, you know, every so often you're going to be called upon to do an exercise within the group so that you can immediately recall the skills that we just shared with you. And by the end of the day, you will have had a complete pitch to a developer or to an investor, or in this case, to a foundation. And we'll actually have you know, a panel of experts who will share some of their insights. So I, I strongly recommend it. That's my unbiased opinion, you know, myself participating notwithstanding, you know, I really think that this is a, a great approach. It's a great use of eight hours of your time and you'll really, really get immersed in what it means to write a grant proposal and to do a pitch to funders and then you'll hear insights from people who actually do the work and give us the grades. Yes, absolutely, um, and I think just um, uh, you know having that um, feedback um, from foundations um, uh, is really going to be beneficial uh, to organizations as they're thinking about 
um, you know, what uh, what kind of uh, uh, grants are they applying for? What are they uh, uh, trying to say? And why is it important? So having that candid mm -hmm. feedback uh, for organizations uh, is going to be so very important. And I think you know, they'll be able to take that information back and it will really uh, inform uh, their uh, uh, future grant writing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if people wanted to register, David, where can they go um, in order to register? Uh, you can go to the Housing Action Illinois website. Uh, which is housingactionil.org. Again, housingactionil.org. And on our website, you will see a drop-down for trainings. And if you go there, it will show you uh, all the trainings on our calendar, including this, uh, this fundraising training. And uh, it will also show you exactly how to register. Okay, great. Alrighty, so a final question, um, I, and I thank you again for this extended podcast. Um, so, in summary, what are some of the lessons that you've learned along the way, you know, doing this work? And it doesn't necessarily have to be limited to the work that you're doing at Housing Action. You know, you've you have an extensive background in a number of areas in community development. So, just in general, you know, in your experience, what are some of the the strongest lessons that just kind of jump out and grab you. Um, boy, I can think of a few. Um, <laughs> you know, well, you know, it's it's interesting. I will. Um, there is. Uh, I remember um, years ago. Um, uh, I attended a, a meeting of executive directors. Um, and, uh, you know, these organizations were involved with housing counselors or housing counseling. We're also doing real estate development. And, and this is uh, during a time in the, the 90s where we were, you know, seeing the federal government um, uh, was um, um, decreasing the amount of money that it was putting uh, towards uh, housing. And there was a real concern mm -hmm. at that point on what organizations were going to be able to do and how that was going to work. And I remember sitting in that meeting and, and, and feeling, um, you know, uh, uh, really kind of depressed and thinking, well, my gosh, you know, is, uh, is, um, um, is there even going to be a community development field? Um, but, wow. um, all of, but all of these organizations, though, you know, went back to their offices and started thinking about, okay, how can we do things differently? And by doing mm -hmm. things differently and taking advantage of the, you know, the low-income housing tax credit program and some other resources, we actually developed um, uh, many more units of housing, uh, you know, after that point than we did before. So wow. even when uh, even when things seem uh, at their darkest, and I know that. You know, after the election of uh, uh, of 2016, um, that there were many people who felt like these are dark days indeed, and uh, uh, what can we do? Um, you know, I learned that you don't give up. Uh, mm -hmm. You you take a couple of days to uh, take stock, be sad, but then you pick <laughs> yourself up, you dust yourself off, and you start all over again. 
And then um, I think the other thing that I would really want to say, especially to those uh, who are serving as executive directors, is you are not alone um, and Mm -hmm. um, that you uh, must make sure that you have um, someone in your network that you can talk to, that you are able to confide to, because uh, no person is an island. Um, and mm-hmm. um, if you, um, you know, if something's not going well and you don't share, um, it's just going to be uh, a bigger problem. So it's better uh, to get that information out there and get to um, someone like. Uh, uh, you know, an entity like Housing Action Illinois uh, that can help you to uh, resolve the issue before it takes down your whole organization. Mm-hmm. That's that's wise advice. Whether you're in housing <laughs> or social services, you know, never wait till it's too late. So thank you Absolutely. so much, David. Thank you, Valerie. It's been a real pleasure. Yes, yes, yes. I've learned a lot. If nobody else has, I've learned a lot. <laughs> and, and thanks again. So I, I want to let folks know that we've come to the end of our show, and I'd like to thank you once more, David. And this is David Young with Housing Action Illinois. And, David, do you have any closing remarks? Um, and if nothing else, you know, remind us where we can reach you and your website and email address. Sure. Um, you know, um, this has been um, a real uh, pleasure to uh, to talk with you and, you know, just share some stories and talk a little bit more about what Housing Action Illinois does. And we are um, interested um, and we are here uh, to increase the capacity of housing counseling or in housing organizations in general, uh, because the better those organizations do, um, the more households are served um, and the better, uh, and that makes for a better Illinois. So we mm-hmm. can be reached, uh, our website is housingactionil.org, again that's housingactionil.org, and I can be reached via email at david at housingactionil.org, again that's david at housingactionil.org. Okay, awesome. Okay, so with that, I will bid adieu. And again, I want to thank our listening audience for listening to today's show. It will be ready within about an hour. We encourage you strongly to please download this podcast and share it within your network. And also be sure to tune in next week. Our guest will be Jesse Terrebaugh. He's the Director of Student and Alumni Affairs for the CARA program. So until next week, you take care. And you take care too, David. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.